welcome to the After the Bell podcast, brought to you by Connects Education Academy. Our podcast is here to help teachers, leaders and tutors. We will be discussing the latest issues in education and sharing top tips for use in the classroom, both face-to-face or virtually. Welcome back to After the Bell, your weekly educational podcast from Connects Academy. Today we have a special podcast focusing on the launch of the IQTS. The International Qualified Teacher Status, IQTS, is a new teaching qualification backed by the Department for Education to enable trainee teachers based outside England to gain qualified teaching status. The DfE have approved 14 providers. I'm joined today by Professor Geraint Jones, Executive Director for Coventry's University's National Institute of Teaching and Education, and Andy Bridge, who is a Deputy Head Teacher. Andy also teaches and assesses on various IPGCE programmes. Welcome both, and thank you both for taking your time to join us today. It's great to hear more about this new teaching qualification. Um, So IQTS is really new in the educational landscape from my understanding. Andy, can you start by giving us an overview of what it is and how we've got to this point? Hi, Georgie. Uh, yeah, of course. So I think historically, um, international schools and, and their teachers have had for quite a while access to IPGCE programmes um, that have been delivered distance learning from English universities and, and teacher training providers. Um, but the, the difficulty was it's an IPGCE, so it's an academic qualification. Um, and the, the teacher gets that qualification, but it is theoretically didn't give them qualified teacher status and it still doesn't give them qualified teacher status to then teach in England. Um, so in 2021, the government launched a, a consultation as part of their international education strategy, looking at the feasibility of introducing an IQTS for the international market. Um, and following that consultation, they did a small scale pilot. Um, six providers were included in that pilot year. Uh, and that's then been expanded to 14 providers for September 2023, as you said. So it, it's it's giving teachers in an international school that aren't in the UK that don't don't want to or can't for whatever reason come to England to do their teacher training. It's giving them an opportunity to gain qualified teacher status as well as or instead of the IPGC that they used to have. Um, and, you know, it can be completed with the, PGC, the IPGC without it. Um, and it, it means that you can train overseas and then come and work and be qualified to teach in an English school. I think that's a really great start and a recap of, of what we're actually talking about today. I think that leads on to a, quite a key question I know that is rumbling around with the UK schools, Geraint. It's great to have you with us. And uh, how might IQTS impact the teacher supply in England? Is it really going to solve the recruitment crisis here, do we think? Oh, thanks, Georgie. Um, will it solve the teacher recruitment crisis? No, <laughs> absolutely not. And certainly not on its own. I think it's a really good idea. Um, I think it's uh, it's being welcomed very much by um, international schools and teachers abroad who've got an eye on potentially coming back to England um, to teach. But I think the 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 recruitment crisis is has been getting worse for twenty years it's going to continue to get worse. And so this on its own is not going to solve it. Um, As part of of a wider strategy, then it'll certainly uh, be a positive thing. Um, But that wider strategy has really got to focus on teacher retention. 
It's really got to focus on raising the profile of teaching and to improve the terms and conditions of the job. So fewer teachers leave and more teachers want to join. Um, once once we make teaching a, a kind of a, a gold standard profession to be in, we won't have uh, a retention problem and therefore we won't have a recruitment problem. So this this I'm afraid to say, whilst it's a great thing, um, it's going to be a drop in the ocean in, okay. in terms of the numbers of teachers um, that will come over to England to be licensed, having trained and gained their qualification abroad. OK, thank you for sharing. Yeah, it's, it's back to that old uh, adage around the uh, conditions, isn't it? And improvements and work-life balance. And I know, Andy, you experienced some of this as a, a deputy head teacher. And um, yeah, it'd be great to have your kind of thoughts about about that as well. Yeah, I think, um, you know, it's been in the media a lot. Recruitment in schools is getting harder and harder and harder. And schools having to be much more creative with where they are finding teachers, sourcing teachers, upskilling them themselves. So, you know, as, as Garrett said, I think it's a, a good idea. I think it's worth um, doing and it might attract some teachers and it might support us in some ways. But, um, you know, as Garrett said, it alone, it's not going to fill those gaps. But, you know, it's it's one of the number of things that we can try and look at. Yeah, so a great initiative overall. But what about internationally, Andy? What What might that look like? I think it's really interesting and obviously when, when we say internationally we're, we're talking about a huge number of countries that are all in different situations different circumstances so um the, you know there's some schools for instance hong kong has a very stringent process for um teachers gaining qualified teacher status there and this is called iqts as in international qts but what they mean by that is qts to come and work in england you've, you've gained it abroad so you know Hong Kong's one example where they've got their own very, very strict, clear systems of how you become a registered teacher there. But there, there are other places internationally, um, a lot of places in the Middle East that are very keen for teachers to have IQTS to teach in their schools um, in the international sector there. And I think from my conversations with a lot of international schools pre-COVID, they found it much, much easier to recruit expat staff to, who were trained in England, wanted to move abroad, and you know we're recruited to go and work in those schools and a lot of them are now saying since covid it's much much harder to incentivize staff that are trained in england to come abroad so a lot of them are trying to be more creative and they're looking at um not just importing the staff into those schools now but actually how can they use how can they use and develop their local labor workforce and how can they find local people and upskill them and train them and get them qualifications so i do think there's there's some market for international schools that want to grow their own and develop their own staff rather than this just being a mechanism to train abroad and then come to England. I think those international schools probably will want to retain and keep those teachers where they can as well. Absolutely. I think that's quite a key point, actually, that it's not just about sort of solving the issues here in the UK. It's about the upskilling internationally. And I know, Garant, you've had a chance to talk to some of the international schools that are very interested in the IQTS. What's what's the feeling from your perspective out there? Yeah, positive um, from schools and school leaders who know about it. I, I think you know more that the, the profile of, of the accreditation could could be raised more and I you know that that'll happen over time uh, but generally positive but I think you know there's 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 an issue around induction isn't there that you can you can do your um, uh, qualified teacher status in in a school abroad 
but not necessarily um, continue with uh, an induction period. And I think that that doesn't really uh, sit well with me. I can't really understand that. But then again, you know, induction as as um, a concept and in the way that it's delivered, even in England, is is wrong. I can't understand why the initial teacher training provider isn't then um, managing and owning that induction period. Um, so I think if if induction was was pushed on to to ITT providers to do, then you know that that means that could probably be um, uh, rolled out um, alongside alongside IQTS, and therefore far more teachers uh, abroad being being inducted and and ready to come back. But it's certainly a barrier um, if it continues as it is. I believe it's only British school uh, international schools who are BSO accredited, so British schools overseas, who can carry out induction periods. I think it's naive. I think it's short-sighted. Yeah, it's good to get that perspective as well, Geran. And and it also there's another conversation I think that uh, we could have on another podcast about the the uh, sort of the needs and improvements required for early career teachers and their development, um, and not leave it all to the schools that are mentoring them. Absolutely. So, um, do we consider it uh, some of the restrictions on the induction period for teachers? It that's obviously you've covered that off for the moment, but that's actually quite a significant barrier then. I, I understand that the IQTS is potentially a big workflow for teachers. Is that is that correct, Andy? Uh, it probably is because you're getting a professional accreditation and the whole, I, I think a lot of the feedback in the consultation was around the idea of um, generally QTS in, in England is quite well respected and that not being watered down and those standards being maintained and I think there were some concerns about well how is it going to be quality assured if this is happening all over the world and how how are they going to get the support if they're tutors in England and it's just remote are we going to end up waving people through an accreditation and saying yes you've got QTS when actually they they might not be good enough in the classroom to then come and work in an English school so I think there were um, some concerns around that and there's therefore a lot of work gone into ensuring that the program is rigorous so they you know it's it's designed to be aligned with the teacher standards to be fully aligned with the ITT core content um, and and it is a, a prestigious accreditation that you get so I think it will be a big workload um, having said that I think the providers that I've looked at are all quite keen to emphasize the flexibility um, you know that a lot of it is delivered online and there's different options of asynchronous learning and remote options and zooms that run at different times or things that are recorded so you can balance that around you know family commitments and work commitments and I think the other thing that appeals to people is it, it's school-based training you you work in full-time or, or part-time in a school and learning and gaining the accreditation as you do that you're not taking a year out of employment to get this it's it's very much designed to fit alongside it so I don't doubt that there is a workload um, that comes with it, um, but you know the various options of doing it with the PGC without. There's 14 providers that have a similar framework, but all have got their own ways and quirks and different things that they're doing. I, I'd kind of advise people to just look carefully at those 14 providers and see which best aligns with them and their school and their and their life. Thank you, Andy. Geraint, is there anything more you'd like to add around around sort of advice for uh, new teachers? Yeah, I am um, mindful of probably the majority of 
of students undertaking this route will likely be employed uh, by the school. Therefore, they will not be supernumerary to the timetable. They will have responsibility for their classes and therefore to undertake a, um, a professional accreditation alongside that fairly decent chunky timetable they've got and all the other things which come with being an employed teacher, then it's not easy, right? That, that, let's hold our hands up. A, a, a PGC with QTS isn't easy. It never has been. And this isn't this isn't going to be a, a walk in a park, a walk in the park. Um, I think what what makes or breaks it, though, is the quality of the school mentor. And I think that's where, you know, significant amounts of training and provision uh, needs to be applied, you know, not just in England, but um, not just in, internationally, but uh, but in England as well. And, you know, that's happening with the new framework, too, uh, that's coming out. But yeah, so many, so many trainee teachers tell me it doesn't matter how good uh, the content of of the programme, doesn't matter how good the uh, providers tutors are if your mentor's not up to scratch or if your your mentor doesn't have the capacity to be able to support then it, it's not as good an experience for for a trainee teacher so considering that someone's employed in a school doing this route considering that they're not going to have someone with them in the class providing that continual feedback that's that's got to be the school's responsibility to be releasing the mentor to be able to support that trainee effectively. And I think that's important that schools understand that that they there is an expectation from them as well to support support their uh, their students as they're going through these programs as well. Do we see, Geraint, is this the end of the standalone IPGCE and the assessment only routes to QTS, do we think? I uh, don't don't think it's the end of them, but I, I think you know what what's happening here is a premium product coming out mm -hmm. for that in inverted commas but <laughs> you know um teachers undertaking an IEPGC in the past have been calling out for QTS um so that it's it's inevitably going to draw from that market having said that though um IPGCs will be cheaper and will, will, will remain cheaper and sometimes you know that and especially in 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 foreign countries and not necessarily international schools abroad but po possibly even state maintained schools abroad that that financial uh, aspect might play a part and also teachers being released for a second school placement while that's not statutory in iqts i'd be surprised if most providers don't insist on that and therefore there'll be schools who simply cannot release uh, an, an employee for you know four weeks six weeks eight weeks whatever it'll be and therefore they they may well just simply opt for an ipgc which won't have that um that requirement. So, yeah, it, it certainly won't be the end of IPGC, but I can see the numbers perhaps decreasing. In terms of assessment only, it is slightly different that in in so much that it's not a training route, and that is specifically for more experienced, um, unqualified teachers who have had, you know, more than two years worth of teaching experience in more than or in at least two schools. And so, you know, it's it's almost like a fast track rubber stamping that they already meet the standards and don't require more training. So it, 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 there's, there's some subtle differences there. And I still think the, the assessment only will continue probably in the same kind of, of, of scale as it has now because it's targeting um, a slightly different audience.
Yeah, Andy, is that your thoughts as well? Yeah, I think so. And I think um, there might still be some people, you know, you talked about workload who might want to look at a flexible approach where they do the IPGCE first and then top up to the IQTS later and, and spread that workload over and or, you know, spread the workload and the financial cost um, over a number of years, possibly. Um, I think there's a, a piece of work looking um, potentially at, at degrees and top up degrees if we're looking at international schools using like a local labour um, workforce because it's still a requirement on these courses that, that is postgraduate um, and some of their local staff will need a route to get in that degree first before they could look at this. Yeah, that's a really good point. Thank you, Andy. So we're going to wrap up today's discussions around um, the IQTS. So, Geraint, is there any sort of final things you want to say about the whole IQTS offer that we have? Um, probably inappropriate of me to kind of plug our own, so <laughs> I won't do that. Um, no, I think I think Andy touched on it earlier, you know, the 14 providers, each with their own um, uh, differentials in terms of how how they're being delivered but I think you know flexibility is is key um, you know being able to elongate the the training as well is 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 probably a good idea so providers who can stretch it out so if they're delivering it in modular format and you could sign up for a year but but actually that's that's you might find that too difficult and so you can you can extend that to to two years um that's that's a that's a good thing um and you know i i I'm, I'm a big big fan of of um you know distance online digital learning it, it's it just allows that that balance if you like that all of the materials all of the content is available 24 7 things can be recorded you can access them if you're on public transport you can do it on your mobile phone when you want to and that's what what students and trainee teachers tell me that, that they want and um, so it probably you know choose a provider with that with that experience in 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 that kind of training because the, you'll inevitably find probably more sophisticated platforms um more user friendliness with with the platforms and um you know dare i say kind of richer content Thank you. Thank you for that, Garen. Andy, your final thoughts on the IQTS? Um, I, you know, I think it's it's an exciting opportunity. We, you know, we started this podcast saying teacher recruitment is really, really tough. You know, Garen rightly pointed out that there's a huge piece of work to around retention. Um, but anything that opens up teaching to different people that might not have been able to access different, you know, existing training routes, I think is a good thing. Um, I'm sure it is. You know, this has had a pilot year, but I'm sure over the next few years it will grow and it will be refined and it will tweak. And there's possibly some bits that will need some some changing and some reflection as as with anything new that's introduced. But I think overall it's it's a good step forward. And you know, British teacher training and education does have a very good reputation internationally, and there's clearly a a desire internationally to have access to that. So I think you know we've got 14 providers there that are are keen to to support that that are putting their reputations on the line in delivering a quality product um overseas and i think it's it's a good thing let's uh, see how it pans out
Yeah, so it's watch this space, really. Thank you both. Thank you, Geraint and Andy. I know you're busy gentlemen, so it's great to have you both with us today. Lots of great discussions, and it'll be interesting to see how popular the IQTS proves to be and whether it actually does impact teacher supply. Thank you, Geraint and Andy, again, for joining me today. It's been really insightful, and we hope our listeners have found this discussion around the new IQTS in informative. Please visit gov.uk and search IQTS for a list of the DfE approved providers. There's 14 listed down there, so they will have links through to their offerings. You can pick up our After the Bell podcast, which are released on a weekly basis and provide quick tips and discussions with our experts around all things educational. Hopefully listen on this on your daily commute, on your treadmill or as your focus for the day. Thank you for listening to After the Bell.